and there's intimacy on the radio and there's naturalness on the radio that can never be replicated on TV. The marvelous resurgence of radio as a political force in this country. News-related radio programming is evolving. There's a huge hole in our dialogue that can be filled by the synthesis of traditional radio and the freedom that comes from a live podcast. You're about to experience Cowboy State Politics Live. Here we go. my friends, and welcome to yet another incredible installment of Cowboy State Politics Live from high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media. This is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. Sorry about last week's absence. I had a couple of things come up that I had to take care of. So on today's program, I've got a wide range of things that we're going to talk about. There's a lot of different local stuff that's happening around the Cowboy State, most of which you're probably unaware of. So we're going to cover a lot of that, and then, of course, we're going to get to some more national issues. First up, is the Pravda on the Plath this morning? In an article entitled, Trustees Approve Budget, printed this morning, and I quote, The upcoming school year will mark a small boom for Natrona County School District and its employees as the district's budget will grow by roughly $40 million, even as enrollment continues to decline. You heard that correctly. They're jacking up the budget by $40 million, even though the amount of students in the school has gone down and is continuing to go down. You see, in Wyoming, we spend roughly $19,700 every year, and this was last year's numbers, per student each and every year. Now, what's interesting is our scores are nowhere near that high. In fact, even though Wyoming rates either number one or number two in per student spending, it depends on how you figure it, uh, our test scores are roughly in the middle, mediocre, halfway. And yet our school districts and and the Education Association continue to insist that we have to dump more and more tax dollars into education. A couple of questions here. I thought the the better schools are funded, the better our students perform. Well, that couldn't be the case since we spend almost more money than anybody else per student in the entire country. If you look at South Dakota, they spend roughly $9,000 per student every year, and their scores are significantly higher than Wyoming's. So even though Steve Tax the Rich Harshman repeats all the time that we've got the best schools in the country, it's simply not true. Now, they are some of the best funded schools in the country, 
but they're not the best schools. So either A, students aren't learning, and that's really not the student's fault, or B, we're not teaching them what they're supposed to be learning. Now, there's a number of things that could go into this. You know, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of teachers are accused of teaching to the test, and that's when we had a lot of standardized tests. I remember when I was in school, man, it felt like we were having a standardized test like every six months. Well, we don't do that anymore. I mean, the standardized tests are spaced out. Um, so you would think that that would leave more time for learning. But what a lot of people don't realize is that we have a huge number of activities in this state. I'm not saying that they're that they're not they don't have any merit. What I am saying is that a lot of school districts not instructing students on Friday. They've gone to a four day school week so that they could accommodate activities. The point of going to school is to learn not to play football, not to play basketball, not to run track or be on the agronomy club. Yeah. Oh, and the poetry club. We have a track poetry club in Johnson County. I mean, it is absolutely insane. When your test scores are plummeting, the answer is not to increase funding because you can't really increase it any more than what it's already at. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, it'd just be wasting money. The point is to instruct them better, find out what is wrong with the students learning and fix it. I mean, the whole point of being a teacher is to teach students. And if they are not learning, by and large, that's not the student's fault. You know, uh, several years ago, I worked for AT&T and I was a corporate trainer. And if your student scores in your class were below average and they weren't learning and they didn't know how to operate all the stuff, well, that wasn't the student's fault. That was your fault. But that's the difference between corporate America and our school systems. You see, if our students aren't learning, well, it appears to be no problem whatsoever. We'll just keep dumping money into it. Back to the article. And I quote. Natrona County School District trustees adopted the district's 2023-24 budget Monday evening with little contest following months of work and the school board's annual budget hearing. A process that began last October ended with approximately $395 million in funding to support the second largest school district in Wyoming, up from $355 million last year. The district's 2023-2024 financial plan largely standard but it reflects some significant changes. Now, I don't even want to go any further into this article, but just to say that why do they need $4 million more? Their student population is going down, and their scores were already mediocre at best. The answer here is to decrease the influence of the, state, of the Wyoming Education Association in Wyoming education. It's a teacher's union that isn't focused on education. Now, these are the folks that repeat all the time that the sexually explicit pornographic books do not exist in school libraries. They continually say that we have to push the LGBTQ agenda. Need I remind you of their just schools cadre? Yeah, that's the whole outfit they have to train teachers to be activists. It's still on their website. You should go look at it. My point here is that we are not focusing on education. If we were, our test scores would not be in the toilet. Now, I'm, I mean, I know that that's inflammatory to some teachers, but the fact is that our student scores are not all that great. And if that's the case, you're either not doing your job or there's some other problem. I mean, in corporate America, when you're, when you're like performing at a mediocre level, you run a good chance of getting fired. 
because you're not making money for the company. Now, I understand that schools are not companies, but maybe we ought to look at it in some sort of a more corporate uh, corporate outlook you know, that you, know, you, you get paid if you produce. You know, the only way that you're going to get an increase in budget is if your students start doing better. Or the only way that your teachers are going to get a raise is maybe if your students learn some more. But the problem is we don't look at it that way. Wyoming, and, and this was best characterized by one of the first people that I interviewed on Cowboy State Politics. I mean, he was the, uh, I'll think of his name here in a minute, but he was the legislative liaison to the Catholic Church. Mike Lehman was his name. Really nice guy, kind of a socialist, but nice guy. I mean, he is you know, I mean, that's kind of his job is to increase social programs or to advocate for the increase in social programs. But anyway, he described Wyoming as the biggest conservative socialist state in America. And it's absolutely true. You know, all of these legislators claim that we have to increase funding just because we have such a big state and such a low population. And that's why we have to we have to funnel all this money out the door. But nobody seems to look at the outcomes. Why are our students not performing. I mean, that seems to be a question that nobody can answer. Now, there are some school districts in Wyoming that have, you know, significantly higher scores than others. Most of those happen to be rural schools. But unfortunately, the way our funding model is, those schools get a tremendous amount of money. If you look at, say, I don't know, Claremont Arveda, they don't have that many kids in the school. And per capita, they receive a ton of money per student. But that's just because of the funding model. Now, I mean, the point here is that we have to figure out why our students are not performing. And it's not because of a lack of money. You have the Natrona County School District jacking up their budget by $40 million while their student population is going down and their school scores are not improving. There's a problem here that we have to fix, my friends. And if we don't, uh, we're, we're going to be in the poorhouse. Now, there's one more layer that goes on this school funding business. Each and every year, the school budget, the state school funding model, has what they call escalators in it. And it's roughly $2 million a year. So without the legislators doing anything, without passing a single bill, without doing a single thing, they, didn't, they don't even have to go to Cheyenne. And the school funding increases about $100 million. Excuse me, it's not $2 million, It's $100 to $200 million each and every year. They don't have to do a darn thing. So it's not it's not that we're funding this based on outcomes. We're absolutely not. We're just throwing money at it as if throwing money at a problem has ever fixed it. Wyoming is Wyoming school performance is not going to increase. It's not going to get any better unless we take an active approach in fixing what is wrong with our schools. And throwing money at it is not going to fix the problem. I don't care who you are. I don't care what Steve Harshman in Natrona County says. Money is not the solution. Make Teaching our students and getting them to learn is the solution. Until we figure that problem out, there's no sense in dumping any more money into it. Now moving on to Rock Springs. And here's at this point, I want to talk to you a little bit about FOIA requests. That's the Freedom of Information Act. And in Wyoming, we have what's called the o Wyoming Open Records Act. This is a powerful tool. And in Rock Springs, uh, members of the Moms for Liberty FOIAed all of the new books that were put on order for, their, uh, for the Rock Springs High School. And there's a huge list of them. Now, every year, libraries across the state, I mean, they order a tremendous amount of books. I mean, and it's it's hundreds and hundreds of books and they spend a lot of money on them. But it's not the dearth that you have to pay attention to. It's the details. 
Let me read you some of the titles that of the books that were ordered. You're going to love this. So let's see here. Uh, some Girls Bind. If you don't know what that is, that's like uh, binding girls' breasts so they appear like they're boys. Gender Diversity in Government. Gender in the 21st Century. Personhood. Being LGBTQ. Double challenge, being LGBTQ and a minority, gender dysphoria, gender dysphoria. Now, now this is an interesting one because you hear in the media all the time that people that want to trans uh, transition from a man to a woman. First of all, that's not possible. If if you were born a man, you will always be a man. I don't care what your outside body looks like. Well, any anyway. Gender dysphoria is a recognized mental condition, and though many people don't want to say it. I'll go ahead and say this. It's a very, very rare recognized condition. All of these folks that say that they're that they're going to transition and they have gender dysphoria, it's probably not true. It's probably just a phase. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people that like truly believe that and absolutely have gender dysphoria. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. But not everybody. And so here we are buying books that teach kids that just because they're a little unsure of themselves because they're going through puberty, that they have a recognized mental condition. But I digress. Here's some more of the books. Gender Identity, LGBTQ at Work, LGBTQ in America, LGBTQ Rights and Activism, LGBTQ Without Borders, International Life, LGBTQ Discrimination, LGBTQ Rights, uh, Transgender Rights, Understanding Gender Identity, Violence Against the LGBTQ Community, and yeah, they still have a couple of the really bad books, Gender Queer and Lawn Boy. I mean, I've told you about those two books a lot. I mean, they're absolutely horrible. My point here is that nobody would have got any of this information had parents in Sweetwater County not FOIA'd the order for, for the library. As citizens, that's a powerful tool. And it's, I mean, I understand the process is kind of hard to go through and it's irritating. And a lot of times you, uh, you have to have to fight to get government agencies to release records. But if it's a public entity, all the, almost all of the records are public and you absolutely have a right to see them. Uh, another example of that is in Johnson County, a citizen in Buffalo FOIA'd all of the past year's uh, financial audits for the county, and the county did not want to release them. Now, here's what's bizarre about this whole thing. Uh, if In Wyoming, if your group or your government entity handles more than a half a million dollars a year of taxpayer dollars, they have to perform an audit. Now, those audits, um, they're approved by the county commissioners every single year. And to send those to somebody who who submits a FOIA request should be a pretty easy process. Just push a button, you know, attach it to an email and send and you're done. But in Johnson County, they didn't want to do that. And so they got the county, the deputy county attorney involved. His name is Barry Crago. Surprise, surprise. And I mean, the meeting was contentious, but eventually they gave up the documents. And what they revealed is, honestly, the books in Johnson County are so screwed up that if we did it in the corporate world, uh, we'd be fired. That's how bad they are. I mean, literally, I'm not saying as, as it relates to Johnson County that, uh, that they're cooking the books or there's any malfeasance going on. But the point is, they can't prove that there's not. I mean, holy crap, those are public funds. Now, none of that would have come to light had we not had a Freedom of Information Act request. So 
every citizen, if you're curious about something happening in your government, just send an email and then the subject line, it needs to say FOIA request and just be specific about what you're asking for. You can get all sorts of information and honestly, you're entitled to all of it. It's called accountability. That's the only way that we keep our politicians in line. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, I'm reminded of the phrase, the phrase, you know, the idle hands are the devil's playground. Well, it's absolutely true. You know, in Johnson County for the last six years, nobody's really been keeping the books correctly. And so because nobody held them accountable, they just kept doing what they're doing, even though there's no way, no way to keep track of exactly how they spent our money. And so, you know, whether it's Fremont County or whether it's down in Sweetwater County or Johnson County or Sheridan or whatever the case may be, everybody needs to take advantage of the Freedom of Information Act re request process. Now, sometimes if you're requesting a lot of stuff, you'll have to pay for it, uh, but you're absolutely entitled to those, um, to those documents because honestly, it's your money and they're your documents. And just because somebody is in elected office doesn't mean they have the right to refuse you. After the break, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna go back to where everybody had to wear masks and how people at churches were treated. And we'll do that after the break. We'll get back to the program in just a second, but first, some completely egregious self-aggrandizement. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There you can find all of the shows as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If your name is Sleepy Joe Biden and you're dumber than a box of rocks, well... You can go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, just like you should have been doing before you decided to run for office. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And don't forget about the Thursday live episode that begins every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. You know, the show you're listening to right now. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. Have you been looking for a new place to advertise your business? Well, I'd suggest advertising on this program, Cowboy State Politics. It's Wyoming's most listened-to podcast. Now, the difference between advertising on the radio and on a podcast is most people just have the radio playing in the background and they're not actively listening to your message. People who download a podcast are there to listen to the whole thing, so you can be sure that your message will be heard. I have a statewide platform, and no one is going to beat my advertising rates. Shoot me a message. The address is david at cowboystatepolitics.com. I would love to get that conversation started with you. And now, back to the program. Welcome back. David Iverson behind the silver cowboy state politics microphone. Now, I almost forgot one thing I was going to mention to you. Uh, at, a, at the most recent county commissioners meeting in Johnson County, the fair board was called to account. I don't even know who this guy is, but he stood up and he said, well, why isn't the fairgrounds making money? And of course, the response is, well, it's a community service. And, you know, we're OK if we just break even. Well, the truth is, there's a couple of things in your county that ought to make money. 
You don't think that the Sheridan Wyo Rodeo turns a good profit? Of course it does. I mean, there's a couple of entities in every in every county in in Wyoming that should turn a profit, and the fairgrounds is one of them. In Johnson County, uh, the fairgrounds brought in, if you don't count all their sponsorships and all that, but they brought in about $56,000 all last year. Now, what's amazing is they held 250 events. So that means that the average was about 250 bucks per event. See, if they actually charged people to walk through, to drive through the gates, they could turn a profit and then they wouldn't need tax dollars. And so on uh, on Saturday's program, I'm going to bring you some audio from that county commissioner's meeting. It's great. I mean, when you're when you hear a public official, uh, well, an appointed official try to explain why they're wasting taxpayer dollars. It's absolutely incredible. So uh, look for that on weekend update. Moving on from Breitbart. Uh, excuse me. This one's from Fox News. In an article entitled Christians Arrested for Max Maskless Outdoor Church Service to Get Payout from Liberal College Town. Now, all of this, and, and this was quite a while ago, but it all happened in Moscow, Idaho, uh, and it drew condemnation from then President Trump. And I quote, an Idaho man was arrested for not wearing a mask at an outdoor religious service. A liberal college town in Idaho is paying $300,000 to three Christian churchgoers who sued the city after being arrested for not wearing masks at an outside service during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, you might remember this. It was all over Fox News, and I mean, it was really public. You had all of these church members who were standing outside of City Hall singing hymns. They were outside, and they got arrested for it. The city of Moscow announced this week that it would settle with Gabriel Wrench, as well as Sean and Rachel Bonnet, I guess is how they pronounce that name, who brought a case against city leaders in March of 2021 that alleged that their rights under the Fourth and First Amendment were violated when they were arrested at an outdoor psalm sing conducted by leaders from their church. Moscow, the home of the University of Idaho, is a town of approximately 25,000 people about 80 miles south of Spokane, Washington. Christ Church is a local congregation of approximately 1,000 people belonging to the Communion of Reformed Evangelical Churches. Footage of the arrest, which went viral and were condemned on Twitter at the time by then-President Trump, showed officers taking Wrench's hymn, hymn book before leading him away in handcuffs to a county jail, where he and the others were detained for several hours. And so the point here is, again, government accountability. There's absolutely no reason why those people were even spoken to by law enforcement. They were exercising their First Amendment rights. They were following the stupid COVID-19 protocols, and they got arrested for it. It's all because that they disagreed with the, uh, with the accepted orthodoxy of the town, with the liberal orthodoxy of the town, that you have to fall in line, put that diaper on your face, and you just shut up and listen to what we say. Well, these people from the church want to do that, and they got arrested for it. And now the city of Moscow, Idaho, is paying them three hundred grand for their little misstep. <laughs> and it's amazing, my friends, how you know how meek a lot of us have become. And it's 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 incredible when you see stories like this. But think about what happened during the pandemic, even in Wyoming. Mark Gordon issued a lockdown, and I mean, he started all of these emergency orders and all of that when there was one person who had COVID in the state of Wyoming. Now, the truth is there was probably more people, but there was only one person hospitalized. He freaked out and then he issued a mask order. 
And that would really work in most Wyoming towns. I think in Buffalo, like for a week, maybe two people walked around with masks on. But, you know, honestly, that's because a lot of people didn't know what COVID was. But here you had Mark Gordon issuing a, an emergency order when there was one person hospitalized for COVID. Just think about all of the things that all of us did because we were scared. Now, there's a couple of things that are really powerful tools that public officials can use, and fear is one of them. Uh, patri- patriotism happens to be the one, but uh, but fear is a very powerful tool of politicians. And just just sit back and think of all the things that all of us went through because we were scared. And here you have an article where a bunch of church leaders were arrested for singing outside of City Hall while following all of their stupid COVID-19 guidelines, you know, the whole six feet of distance thing. And they got arrested because they weren't wearing one of those dumb diapers on their face. My friends, we as a people have to stand up. I mean, we we, we have rights. They're enshrined in the Constitution and we, we have to stand up and protect them because our public officials are not going to. You know, we began the program with public officials running amok in several Wyoming counties. If we don't hold them accountable, they're just going to keep doing the same thing that they've been doing all along. And frankly, it is our duty to hold them accountable. You know, if you've got public officials that aren't doing something the right way, call them out on it. That's why I have that. I gave that long discussion of FOIA requests. That's a great tool and allows you to hold people accountable. That is the only way we're going to fix a lot of the problems in our state. It's the only way that we're going to fix our education problems or our, our government spending or any of it. We have to hold these people accountable. So good job for these church leaders in Idaho for suing the pants off of off of Moscow, Idaho. Now, I don't know if you've heard this yet, uh, but there's a new song that hit number one almost immediately. And I'm probably going to get uh, in trouble for this, but I'm going to go ahead and play a piece of it. Uh, it's by Jason Aldean, and it's tr- it's called Try This in a Small Town. And if you haven't watched the video, go on YouTube and watch it. All of the video is of protests that happened during all of the, the BLM riots and people burning down cities and all of that. It's all police footage. I mean, there's, there's uh, video of people spitting in cops' faces. And the whole point of Jason Aldean's song is go ahead and try this in one of our small towns and see what happens. You know, you, I, I think everybody uh, was aware of what happened when, when small towns in Wyoming heard that Antifa was coming through. You know, in, in, in towns along I-90 and I-25, that was pretty easy because the, these, these BLM buses and Antifa buses were traveling to, you know, different places, Billings, Denver, um, you know, different bigger cities. And it was a piece of cake to spot them. Well, what happened is you had a bunch of people that were armed to the teeth that met them at the exit and explain to them that they're not welcome in our town. So I'm going to go ahead and play just like a bit of this thing, and hopefully we won't get in too much trouble for it. Due to Podbean rules, I can't have any content on the podcast that's copyrighted by anybody else other than me. So for the podcast replay, I had to edit that song out. So go to YouTube, check out the song. It's called Try That in a Small Town. Here's the rest of the live episode replay. Pretty cool, huh? Well, there's an article from The Blaze and it entitled Jason Aldean's Anti-Woke Anthem Shoots to Number One on iTunes, Blowing Past Taylor Swift and Other K-Pop Stars, whoever the heck they are. And I quote, Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town, and the accompanying music video rocketed to the tops of the iTunes chart in less than 24 hours as outlets began reporting that the video had been pulled from country music channel CMT. 
Louder with Crowder reported that the song had reached the top spot on iTunes all gen- all genre charts, beating out the massively popular Korean pop stars from the group BTS. I have no idea who they are, as well as fellow country artist Luke Combs. In addition, Aldine's visuals made their way to the top of the music video chart, passing artist Taylor Swift, who is also a vocal left-wing activist. The video was pulled by Country Music Television on Monday, July 17th. It shows former uh, familiar clips of Antifa and BLM rioting. News coverage of looting, violent protests, and spitting on police were all featured in the video. So why is the left freaking out about this video? Well, first of all, it's the truth. The left can't handle, and I don't, I mean, it sounds cliche, but I don't, I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. But the left can't handle the truth. They operate in, in a world where uh, the truth doesn't matter, where if it does come out, it, I mean, it completely discredits all of their arguments. And the fact of the matter is the Department of Justice, police in towns, um, they allowed these people to terrorize cities, burglarize small businesses, hurt kill. I mean, you name it. And it was all over the news and law enforcement agencies did nothing. And so these Democrats can't have you reminded of what happened and what they didn't do. And I mean, I I encourage you to go watch the video. I think it's pretty cool. I'm not really that big a fan of Jason Aldean, but you know, credit where credit is due. After the break, we're going to talk about what Gavin Newsom is doing to local school districts. And I'm going to ask you if if you think that that's something that could happen here. And we'll do that after the break. This segment of the program is brought to you by Morton Buildings. While I'm not so naive to believe that there isn't a torrential downpour in our future, It's finally summer in Wyoming, and while you might be a little bit late, it's certainly time for you to consider starting to build that project you've been dreaming about all winter long. It doesn't really matter how big of a building you've been thinking about, whether it's a garage or an outbuilding or a barn or maybe a huge roping arena so that you can practice your rodeo stuff all winter long or even a gigantic warehouse for your business. The two guys you need to talk to are Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They are the experts in metal building construction, and nobody is going to do a better job than they will. So give them a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. Yesterday, I had to go down to Casper and pick up a few things, and then back home to northeastern Wyoming. It was hot, and still, it hadn't cooled down all that much when I got to the base of the Bighorns. The one part of my body that did not feel like a screaming inferno was my feet. That's because I was wearing my Buffalo Wool Company socks. Now, I know a lot of people say that you only wear wool in the winter, but it's not true, my friends. Wool will keep you warm in the winter and cool and dry in the summer. Now, if you want the best pair of socks that you've ever put on your feet, go to their website, the Buffalo Wool CO, and get you a pair of the most incredible socks that you're going to wear. That's the Buffalo Wool Company. And now, back to the annals of everything that politicians are doing wrong.
From Breitbart, an article entitled Gavin Newsom Wants Power to Find School Districts That Resist LGBTQIA2S Whatever That Is Curriculum. And I quote, California Governor Gavin Newsom, long, u- long used to attacking conservative states over the exclusion of, L- of the LGBTQ curricula, is targeting local school districts in his own state by backing a draconian bill to force compliance. The bill, AB 1078, introduced by Assemblymember Corey Jackson, uh, would allow the state to intervene in local stu- school districts and fine them if their curricula lacked materials on ethnic groups and LGBTQ plus Americans. The bill was considered too extreme, even for the state's left-wing legislature, in which both houses are ruled by Democrat Party supermajorities. But Newsom jumped in to create a tool to use against conservative districts. The L.A. Times notes that Newsom is targeting the public school district of Temecula in Southern California, where conservatives won seats on the school board and are opposing the use of LGBTQ uh, uh, materials. And here's the, here's the linchpin of the article. Newsom doesn't have the power to do anything because the legislature didn't pass anything for him to do that. Back to the article, Newsom said that he is committed to finding the Temecula School District for noncompliance, despite the fact that he does not yet have the power to do so, and that doing so would hurt the students of the district directly. Last month, Newsom attacked Komorowski, which he was on the, uh, uh, he's on the school board, he's one of the conservatives, for calling another school board member who was removed a pedophile, slamming an offensive statement from an ignorant person. As Breitbart News reported earlier, Daniel Greenfeld of Front Page Magazine addressed the claims that Harvey Milk, being a pedophile, citing a book claiming the icon had relationships with two teenagers who were allegedly 16 and 17 years old, respectively, at the time. The legal age of consent in California is 18 years old. My friends, words matter. They absolutely matter. And when we use them, they transmit meaning to us. And what the left does all of the time is they try to redefine words and use them for their own agenda. You know, we don't have pedophiles anymore. We have minor attracted persons. But the fact is, like by definition, if you are messing around with teenagers, those people under 18, you are by definition a pedophile and you need to be called such. We can't allow leftists to change all of these definitions and make it sound okay that people are messing around with kids because it's absolutely not. Now, do you think that this could happen in Wyoming? Well, maybe it already has. Here's some audio from the Natrona County School District meeting talking about books. You're going to love this. Kids may come face to face with the perils revealed in these and other books by different authors. Now, I think we would all prefer that they learn about them from the safety of the pages of a book rather than face-to-face with the harshness of reality. The books might keep them safer. Rather than remove the books, I feel we should actually display them prominently and say, hey, you, read this. Oh, God, I I can't stand it. display pornographic books and say, hey, you, read this. Who put this guy on the school board? Holy crap. All right, let's listen to some more of it. Read this. Learn what not to do. It's not a question of whether or not we should keep the books. I think it's a matter of how many copies we should provide. Whoa. 
It's a matter of how many copies we should provide. Now, again, I'll ask you, do you think the stuff that I read you about what's going on in California can happen here? Like, say, in Natrona County? Uh, yeah, because it already is. To that end, I have confidence in the librarians who selected these books. They are professionals. I have confidence in the deliberations and recommendations of the members of the committee that reviewed them. I wholeheartedly recommend that we accept the conclusions of the Reconsideration Committee and keep these books where our students can easily find them. Wow. Now, what he's talking about are books like Gender Queer, the, uh, the instruction manual, which pretty much gives little kids directions on how to do a whole bunch of sexual stuff, some of which I didn't even know that people did. But it gives explicit directions. I mean, the books are horrible. There was a great article by Clara McFarland of The Cow Pie, which actually she printed exactly what's in some of these books. And, uh, you know, I've read it a couple times on the program, but I, I have to tell you, I, I felt dirty every time I did it because I have standards, because I don't think that those things are appropriate. And they're certainly not appropriate to be in the children's section of the library. And that brings up a really good point. You know, nobody is banning any books at all. I mean, nobody is saying that you can't find these books. You can't order them on Amazon. Um, nobody is saying that at all. The only thing that parents are requesting is they, they're just not in the schools. See, anybody who, is, who believes that like all of this gender identity and LGBTQ identity stuff and ideology isn't about your children is being lied to or you're lying to yourself because it absolutely is. You know, a couple months ago, I showed you video of a drag show in Rock Springs where there was at least a dozen kids running around acting like prostitutes. I mean, this is absolutely horrible, my friends. And here you have a school district in Natrona in, in Natrona that is saying, well, yeah, why wouldn't we have all of these pornographic pedophilia-laced books in our classroom and our libraries? I don't see any problem with that. That guy needs to get off the school board absolutely as, as soon as possible. I mean, how shocking could you possibly be? And, and maybe he doesn't know exactly what's in these books, though I find that very hard to believe. Uh, you know, a lot of these public officials, um, they just hear the word book banning and they immediately freak out. And they, they never even, you know, like open the book and find out what's in it for themselves. You know, it's just it's absolutely, absolutely horrible. If, you, if you're in doubt that this stuff is happening in Wyoming, all you need to do is, well, listen to this program. And I've provided you like mountains of, of evidence to tell you that it is. Uh, but you just need to do your own research. I mean, don't listen to what other people tell you. Hell, don't even listen to what I tell you. Do your own research. That's why I have a website. So I you how to find all this information for yourself. I mean, what's happening in our schools and what we're doing to our children is absolutely wrong. And, you know, as conservatives, it is absolutely our duty to stand up and uh, and, you know, say that this stuff is wrong. You know, I'm I'm you know probably 30 years ago, if some of this stuff was going on, you'd have entire congregations down at the school district admin office saying we are not going to allow you to do this. Uh, but but what's happened? Well, our churches have gone silent and we're not standing up and saying that these things are wrong. 
Um, you know, things that, you know, you read, you read your Bible, hopefully you read your Bible a lot, but over and over and over, it tells you that what's happening in our communities is absolutely wrong. And what do we do? Ah, we think we're safe inside those closed doors of the church. And, you know, we just don't let the outside, you know, come in and we'll all be safe. Well, that's, that's not what we're called to do, my friends. We're called to, to stand up and to call things wrong when they are. And all of us intuitively know that a lot of this stuff that we're seeing, the books in the library, all of this stuff is absolutely wrong. And many of us are not doing anything about it. Uh, you know, last week I went and saw that movie Sound of Freedom, and I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit on the program. Uh, but I went and saw that movie Sound of Freedom, and I gave away four tickets uh, to go see it in Sheridan, just because that's that's the closest theater. Well, I mean, there's one in Buffalo, but the sound isn't that great. And, you know, the, the movie wasn't being shown. In but anyway, I gave away four tickets and you would not believe how how much work it took to get people just to respond, to get free tickets to go see that incredible movie. And, you know, we've got to get off our dead butts and go do something. That's the only way that we're going to change any of this. Speaking of changing any of this, a little piece from ZeroHedge.com. You'll love this. Uh, the U.S. debt is up by the same amount in the last five years as the first 221 years. And I quote, the latest financial crisis started in September of 2019 when the U.S. banking system came under serious pressure and the Fed injected major liquidity into the bankrupt system. Since that time, total U.S. debt has increased by $21 trillion. You and I don't even have any conception of how much money that is, by the way. Uh, let's put this into perspective. It took the U.S. 221 years to go from zero debt in 1776 to 21 trillion in 1997. And just in the last four years, the debt has gone up by that same 21 trillion dollars. Now, some are going to argue that this is not the same money today as it was 200 years ago. No, of course, it's not the same money because every government destroys the value of their currency by creating unlimited amounts out of thin air to the detriment of savers and pensioners. And my friends, you know, you the way it works in your personal life is your debt equals the amount of your income. You are effectively broke. Like you're not going to get anybody to give you a loan. You're not going to be able to transfer one of a credit card to another, though you shouldn't do that anyway. Um, you're not, you're not going to be able to do any of that. So why is our government allowed to? Well, it's because they can print money. Can't. So what is going to happen when, uh, and I, I read an article not that long ago, I should have printed it off for today's program, but said that very soon, the total, total amount of our GDP is going to be paid out in interest payments. That means we're not making any headway. You know, on your on your home loan, uh, yeah, a portion of that payment goes to interest. Uh, actually, you pay interest for a very long time before you actually get to the principal. Uh, but you tr you gain ground on it. And what's happening with our country, the tremendous amounts of spending, is pretty soon we're not going to be making any ground on our debt at all. And think about, you know, I started the program talking about how much money we're spending in Wyoming education. Now, the difference is that Wyoming can't print money. They, they can take it from you, which they do that a lot. Uh, but the levels of spending that we are at are completely unsustainable and they're going to destroy our country. So let's uh, let's go to our third break. And then I'm going to talk about what's happening with our armed services. You're going to love this. Absolutely amazing. 
We'll finish up the program in just a second. But first, one more absolutely obscene profit timeout. Welcome to Cowboy State Politics Lessons in Self-Serving Gentlemanly Conduct. Lesson number one, the salon. Now, gentlemen, we all know that our better halves like their hair to look just right. And let's be honest, it helps us out too. We do like looking at attractive ladies. Now, the best place that that wife of yours can go to is to the bombshell show in Sheridan. Christine Sturdivant is the only Redken specialist in Sheridan. So if your better half needs a new do or she just wants a touch-up on the one that she has, call Christine Sturdivant. Her phone number is 307-752-4844. That's the Bombshell Studio. This has been Cowboy State Politics Self-Serving Lessons in Gentlemanly Conduct. Do you like hot wings? Yeah. Me too. In fact, I'm obsessed with them. And the best hot wings in the state of Wyoming are from the Winget Food Truck. They travel around the state, going from town to town. All you have to do is go to their Facebook page, the Winget Food Truck, or go to CowboyStatePolitics.com and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you'll find their schedule there. You know, I personally recommend the Garlic Parmesan Wings. They're absolutely amazing, but they've got several other different flavors, not just Hot Wings or Garlic Parmesan. You'll find exactly what you've been missing this entire time. So go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com, and look underneath the Sponsors tab. And that way, you can plan your entire week around where the Winget food truck is going to be. And now, the conclusion to the program. Back to ZeroHedge.com in an article entitled, Biden DOD lets transgender service members skip deployments, receive indefinite physical fitness waivers from a confidential memo. And I quote, the dossier has acquired a new Department of Defense memo that goes into great detail on the topic of care of service members who identify as transgender. The document, which is not classified, has long remained unavailable to Americans, is being published here for the first time for public consumption. The 34-page memo details the enormous perks granted to service members who identify as transgender. Now, listen to some of these. This, this is just going to blow your mind. Taxpayer-funded care for transgender service members includes... And I should have put a drum roll in here. I mean, this is just, I, I can't believe I'm reading this. But anyway, it includes speech and voice therapy, cross-sex hormones, laser hair removal, voice feminization surgery, facial contouring, body contouring, breast and chest surgery, genital mutilation surgery. Of course, they don't put that. They call it lower sur surgery, psychological counseling. Service members who identify as transgender may receive a waiver for grooming and uniform standards. Service members who identify as transgender may receive an indefinite waiver for physical fitness standards. This waiver often includes a de facto permanent situation, and the transgender identifying service member just has to renew the exemption request every six months. Oh, my God. We're letting people into, and I don't really care. If you want to join the military, I don't really care who you are, but that doesn't get you out of out of actually serving this country. The reason why people are joining the military to transition is the US government is going to pay for it because as I just read to you, you can't have an active service member who's getting all these treatments. It doesn't exactly work in the battlefield. 
the point of a military is to fight and win wars. I don't care about the diversity of my military. I really don't give a crap. I want you to fight. I want you to be the baddest group of people that the world has ever seen. And I want you to go out and win. I don't want, I don't really care if you're transitioning in the military. I don't care what your pronouns are. I don't care if you've got long hair or short hair. You just need to pass the physical fitness standards and actually be a soldier, not make me pay for your, for your ridiculous treatments on my tax dollars. See, my friends, we have gone so far past like any any level of sanity. You know, now the point of our military is to be diverse, to be diverse as possible. You know, we don't really care if you win wars. You know, we just want to make sure that everybody is represented. It's just it just absolutely blows my mind. So now let's get to this to uh, the Sound of Freedom article I was telling you. This is also from ZeroHedge.com. If you've never looked at that website, you really should. Uh, a lot of times you'll find articles there that you're not going to get at any any other place. Uh, but that's ZeroHedge.com. And the article is entitled, Journalists Attacking the Film Sound of Freedom Should Have Their Hard Drives Investigated. Absolutely, they should. Listen to this. The first thing you'll probably notice is that the majority of these vit vitriolic, well, I should probably explain what's going on. So the media is going absolutely bat crap crazy over the of freedom. They're saying that it's a conspiracy theorist film, that it's a QAnon conspiracy theory thing. Um, it's not. It's based on the true events of Tim Babbitt. I think that was his name. Uh, oh, Tim Ballard. Excuse me, not Babbitt. Um so Tim Ballard uh, was a uh, was an investigator. And he was investigating like sex trafficking, and in the movie he comes across, you know, the this father contacts him and says that his children have been taken, and so he goes on this quest to rescue uh, the two children, a little boy and a little girl, from a sex trafficking ring. And I'm telling you, there's some heavy stuff in the film, uh, but it's absolutely true. The only part that is not true about the film is in it, Ballard gets a rich, um, a, a rich benefactor to fund this whole thing. In reality, the rich benefactor was Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck funded all this trip, his whole trip to Columbia to rescue this little girl. So, I mean, you should absolutely watch this film. And the media is going bat crap crazy about it. Okay, back to the article. The first thing you'll probably notice is that the majority of these vitriolic diatribes use the exact same talking points. They suggest that the sound of freedom is based in conspiracy theory, far-right extremism that is funded by the subversive network of a QAnon-adjacent conservatives. Some journalists have even attacked the veracity of the film's true story. The career of a DHS agent, Tim Ballard, who operated covertly to take down child sex traffickers in Central America. Now, it's important to remember that this happens everywhere. And this, you know, we have a lot of legislators in Wyoming that utter the phrase, well, this doesn't happen in Wyoming. It absolutely does. I had one legislator, a good friend of mine, Mark Jennings, tell me that years ago they had an expert come up and give a presentation to the legislature. And they had brought a female agent with them. And they uh, they photoshopped her picture to make her look like she was a lot younger. And during the presentation, um, the, the expert said, well, you know, do you guys think you have a problem here? And a lot of, a lot of the legislators said, oh, no, 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 that stuff doesn't happen in Wyoming. And the guy says, well, you know, we're going to do a little experiment here. We've, uh, we've doctored up this photo and we're going to put a little advertisement, um, and have everybody meet at the truck stop within 15 minutes. They had to close down the streets 
because there were so many people trying to get to this, to this, what they thought was a little girl. Um, it happens everywhere. And, you know, in Wyoming, there are large spaces and, you know, you can get lost pretty easily. But prostitution and sex trafficking does happen in every in every uh, corner of the state. Um, just because you live in a small town doesn't mean they're, you're immune to it. And, you know, the, the, the sad statistic of it is a lot of sex trafficking originates with the Department of Family Services. So, you know, if you really wanted to do something about sex trafficking, you'd, you'd completely reform or eliminate the Department of Family Services. I mean, this whole thing is such a heartbreaking story. And it's one that, you know, we as Wyoming citizens, as Americans, we've tried to ignore. And all of these people in the media that are trying to say that this film is terrible and that it's conspiracy theory. Well, quite frankly, they, <laughs> somebody needs to search their hard drives because they're probably going to find some stuff, um, you know, some child porn or something on it. And and here's the thing, you know, um, what about Epstein's Island? You know, it's it's commonly held fact that guy was a child predator. And a lot of politicians went to that island, even though they won't uh, they won't release the, um, the 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 documents on it. Listen to one of these media reports. It's from Rolling Stone. Uh, quote: Ballard, who is played by Jim Caviezel and others of their ilk, had primed the public to accept Sound of Freedom as a documentary rather than delusion by fomenting moral panic for years over this grossly exaggerated epidemic of child sex trafficking much of it funneling people into conspiracist rabbit holes and QAnon communities. In short, I was at, and he's talking about the author, I was at the movies with people who were there to see the, their worst fears confirmed. But they find out it's a documentary about Tim Ballard's successful sting called Triple Lake, and the Sound of Freedom movie includes real-life arrest footage from that event. There's no question that almost every detail in Sound of Freedom is real. Any media outlet that says otherwise is lying. And the fact that they are attempting to sow the seeds of doubt about the legitimacy of Tim Ballard's story is based on politics, and it's absolutely villainous. Uh, my friends, go see this movie. You, you absolutely should. In fact, it's definitely worth a trip to, uh, to a neighboring community to go see it. And, you know, the fact that some people in the media are trying to downplay it or discredit it is, is absolutely wrong. Well, that'll about do it for today's installment of the program. Don't forget about Saturday's installment of Weekend Update. I'm going to bring you that audio from the Johnson County Commissioner's Meeting. It's totally hilarious and other stories. But for now, from the base of the Big Hall, well, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is Cowboy State Politics.